Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Joe Biden talks about the economy today. I don't know if he made anybody feel better when he talks about build back better. Pressures in the economy. And two of the leading rating agencies, not, not, you know, liberal think tanks, two of the leading rating agencies on Wall Street confirmed this month that my plan will not add to inflationary pressures. I don't know who believes it. By the way, that is President Biden. Uh, he says he's got a cold, got it from his grandson. I'll take him at his word. Why not? What am I supposed to do? Diagnose the man? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. The jobs numbers are not with him when it comes to uh, a good bit of uh, economic news. They want to claim unemployment is down uh, to 4.2%. That's lovely, but the jobs numbers missed Expecting 573,000, hitting 210,000. That's what actually got created in the month of November. Congressman Jim Banks joins us right now. He is from the Indiana 3rd District. That is the northeast area of Indiana. And, uh, sir, uh, before we get into uh, the funding of government uh, through through February and where you are on that, uh, you heard uh, the, the president today through the cold saying that unemployment is down, uh, the economy is getting back there, and we did this all thanks to Democrats. Your take? Well, Tony, it's not just the president who's unhealthy uh, today. It's the economy. Uh, These inflation numbers have have, uh, greatly affected the jobs numbers as well. So we're not just just seeing historic inflation, but we've gone back in time to the anemic uh, uh, economic uh, uh, growth of the of the Obama era that, that we're seeing repeat itself in the Biden era, if not worse, with inflation on top of it. So it's deeply disappointing. Um, it's not, it, but it, but at the same time, it's, it's exactly what we expected with these jobs numbers, even though they were inflating expectations. The jobs numbers speak for themselves. The the Biden economy is disastrous, and it's not going to get it's not going to get better anytime uh, soon with these uh, policies that they're pushing. Uh, the the unemployment rate going down to 4.2% when you see your constituents in, in, in the Fort Wayne area, uh, for example, uh, what, what do you t- how do you explain that to them when you see that top line number? We're told to condition train to take a look uh, at uh, the, the unemployment rates, 4.2%. That means things are going in the right direction. How do you explain it to them? Yeah, Tony, I don't, I don't have to explain it to them. They, they, my, my constituents know that uh, there, it's a lot harder to make ends meet today than it was a year ago. I mean, they they see it uh, firsthand. The, the the inflation figures, they feel it. They see it every time they go to the grocery store, every time they fill up their gas at the gas pump, anytime they purchase anything at all, they see that they see that higher cost is eating into their their income, which they're at the same time their income is not going up, and uh, they're they're not able to go find a better paying job because there aren't better paying jobs available in in the economy. So. It's just it's it's uh, it's what is at the same time fueled the, the historic low levels of of approval and popularity of this very unpopular president, Joe Biden, because the American people are feeling the effects firsthand of his disastrous policies. 
Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District. Uh, you opposed the continuing resolution. You were not in favor of funding uh, the federal government uh, through February. It's done. Talk to me about how that went uh, down just yesterday, and what was your opposition? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's disappointing, Tony. We, had, we only had one uh, Republican who's not really a Republican, Adam Kinzinger, vote for the CR in the House. I think there, I think there were a dozen or more Republicans in the Senate, who who went along with Chuck Schumer and struck a deal with with uh, the Democrats in the in the late hour uh, yesterday to fund uh, this CR, which just kicks the can down the road. It continues to fund the Biden agenda. Uh, it continues to fund the the, the the Biden vaccine mandates, the lax border laws. It continues to to fund the Biden agenda that's fueled inflation uh, at, at historic rates. So I don't know why Repu- I don't know why, why any Republican would go along with it and fund. The government, even if just just for uh, a couple of more months, because you're funding the Biden agenda when you when you vote for a CR like this one. So well, only one Republican in the again, Adam Kinziger, if you still count him as a Republican, he's the only Republican in the House who voted for it uh, yet early yesterday. And uh, we'll be right back at this point when we co- when we come back after the holiday recess and uh, and deal with uh, these issues again when the when the CR runs out. So. At the one end of the, of the day, people, leadership. Go ahead. I was going to say one of the people who disagreed with you and can't understand the Republican position is Congressman Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio. I don't. You you may have been on the floor when this happened. I want to make sure people heard this. And we dominated the industry: steel, glass, aerospace, and now. We're hearing from the other side, shut government down, don't do anything, we don't want to be an honest broker. Tyranny? What are you people talking about? We're talking about universal preschool. And they have it as a communist indoctrination of the American uh, student. It's insane. So the question before us, Congressman Banks, is why do you hate children? Uh, It is insane. I mean, Tim Ryan is running for Senate uh, in Ohio, so of course he's over the top and theatrical every time he takes the microphone on the on the House uh, floor. But the fact of the matter is we have twenty nine trillion dollars in, in a national debt, uh, Tony, and passing a CR for a couple more months just kicks the can down the road and continues to grow the national debt at the same levels that it's already grown. We've never been in we've never been in this poor shape financially as a country as our, what we are right now because of the spending bills that this administration has pushed over the last uh, 12 months, and it's going to get worse because of this CR. Now, at the, also, Tony, at, uh, something that's not getting a lot of attention is that at the last minute, they tucked in $7 billion for the unvetted Afghan refugees into the spending bill. I mean, the majority of these uh, of these Democrats and the few Republicans who voted for this CR, never they didn't support our, our troops in Afghanistan, but they support $7 billion for funding for for, for resettlement of uh, Afghan refugees in the United States. A lot of these Democrats are the same ones who wouldn't go along and help fund Trump's border wall for about half of that amount of money, but they are willing to pay seven, $7 billion for the Afghan uh, uh, refugees. It just goes to show you how out of touch these Democrats are, how dangerous their policies are, and what they're doing to drive up the national debt even further is not sustainable for our country.
Let's take a turn in this conversation. Uh, we've had you on the show a million times. I have uh, met with you uh, off the air. I, I, I enjoy you. I, en- I enjoy your politics. I, I enjoy hearing your mind uh, at, at work, and, and I always appreciate the kindness. Uh, but I never, ever, ever, ever allow that in my private life or my public life uh, to not let me do my job. So I've got two subjects. Uh, that require, I believe, from you uh, some kind of understanding. The first is that uh, the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, uh, he has decided that they, you, the Republicans, will be engaging your own investigation of January 6th. You were uh, selected to be on that original committee. Uh, it was Speaker Pelosi who said you weren't good enough. Jim Jordan wasn't good enough. You said Republicans at the direction of Leader McCarthy are conducting our own investigation. I can't go into many specifics of what we've done or what we are doing, but I will tell you that we will be releasing our findings publicly in the future. Uh, Congressman, um, what in the bloody hell is the point of this? Well, the, the, the point is important. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the reason that she kicked me off the committee, Tony, is because Jim Jordan and I, from the outset, once Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader, appointed us to be the two, two Republicans, myself, the Republican leader on the January 6th committee, she kicked us off because we were asking the obvious question that she didn't want this committee to cover. And that's why was there a systemic breakdown of security at the United States Capitol on January 6th? We had the, the, the top leader of the Capitol Police Union, who represents the the 95 percent of the Capitol Police officers, the rank and file of the Capitol Police, he came to us and told us that they weren't prepared for what would happen that day. They weren't equipped. They didn't have equipment. They, they, they weren't properly equipped for what they were going to experience that day, and they weren't trained for what was going to happen on January 6th. That's deeply troubling to me. And the fact that the January 6th committee that, that Nancy Pelosi and, and Liz Cheney are spearheading has no interest in the security breakdown and failures at the Capitol on January 6th, and instead has focused all of their attention on a political witch hunt against Trump administration officials and Republicans who they disagree with. They've turned this into a political witch hunt. That's what this is all about. All their subpoenas, almost all of them, almost all the subpoenas that they've unconstitutionally and unlawfully um, executed against uh, 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 those related to their their investigation are against those who were engaged in a lawful and permitted protest um, at uh, in Washington D.C. on January 6th. They're not targeted at uh, anything related to fixing the breakdown of security, the, the the lack of leadership at the Capitol that led to what what happened that day. So we're taking our investigation in the in a in a different and I would argue a much more productive uh, direction, and that's fixing security failures and breakdowns at the Capitol and holding those responsible for allowing January 6th to happen. We had we had uh, intelligence dating weeks before January 6th telling us that something dangerous could happen that day, but that intelligence was never shared with the rank-and-file members of the Capitol Police who were on hand to try to prevent a disaster, prevent the, the riot from occurring and the violence from occurring on January 6th. So will your report is, will your report say uh, co- well engage in conversations about guilt even if it doesn't look good for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're 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 conducting interviews of Capitol police officers, whistleblowers who were on hand that day, others who have come forward that the January 6th committee doesn't want to they don't want to they don't want to have those conversations because it diverts attention away from their political witch hunt. We're having productive conversations. And at the same time, Tony, this is about, this is a policy matter. I mean, let's do our job as 
uh, as uh, members of Congress are looking at ways that we can reform the way the security is is uh, governed, uh, the leadership of security at the Capitol, how the Capitol Police Leadership Board operates, and in other ways to make it not a political entity, but make it a, a, a law enforcement, a, a law enforcement uh, public safety entity that is supposed to be to prevent another January 6th from happening. So we're having a ve- we have a pr- very productive investigation of our own that's ongoing and uh, and also looking at, at policy recommendations or legislation that we can introduce at the end of the day while the Democrats have taken this in a wholly uh, different direction. Now let me take you to the second one. I will tell you, sir, talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, I have gotten so many emails and questions literally stopped uh, in, in, at events and on the street in the last 24 hours. What in the world is this? Sir, it's called H.R. 550, the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act of 2021. As it is described in, a, in, a, in the vernacular, this is a vaccine database. And it has passed the not- House... 80 Republicans, hold on, 80 Republicans voted for it. I believe you are one of the people. In the vernacular, it is indeed referred to as a vaccine database. The question is, what is this thing? I want you to take the time to explain what it is and why you voted for it. Yeah, it it doesn't create a vaccine database at all. In fact, if you read the bill, uh, nowhere in the bill does it create a vaccine database. Tony, there are already databases at the state level. In Indiana, we have myvaxindiana.in.gov. I mean, that's a, that's a database that already exists at the state level. And in the bill, the reason that I voted for it is because the bill actually creates privacy restrictions on who can get information from those databases. It also provides cyber protection, so for, it's harder for foreign governments to come in, like China, and, 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 and attack these databases. I don't want China to know what I've been vaccinated against. Um, I also don't want any government officials to know what I've been vaccinated for or against. So this provides privacy protections. It does not create a federal vaccination database. In fact, it explicitly does the opposite and provides funding for modernization of databases at the state level to protect them, address privacy concerns, it's, it's Larry Bouchon, Dr. Larry Bouchon's bill uh, from Indiana. And Larry came to me and said, hey, there are some conservatives out there who have, who have only read the title of the bill, haven't taken the time to read the entire bill. Here's what it actually does. Here's what it doesn't do. The bill doesn't have anything to do with vaccine mandates. It doesn't create a federal database. It doesn't create personal uh, vaccine tracking systems. All the stuff that some of the misreporting about the bill have, have accused it for doing um, I, I would I would tell anyone who has concerns about the bill to go go read the bill, read, read the bill and and show me what your concerns are after reading the bill. I think once you read the bill, you'll realize that it's not what you think it is. So H.R. 550 is not the creation of a database. Absolutely not. Remember, these databases already exist at the state level and no one at the federal level can access databases at the state level. So. But what it does do is grant resources for modernization of these state databases. Another compelling reason why I voted for it, as Dr. Bouchon can articulate as well, is if there's a for, for those of you like me who are against vaccine mandates, if there is a bad batch of Pfizer vaccines that is released in southwest Indiana, uh, it aggregates the data so we can go out and find the bad batches and, and get them out of the system so that people aren't harmed by them. So it doesn't track 
people. It aggregates data to follow uh, uh, vaccinations, not not just for COVID, but if we ever endure something like what we've endured over the over the last couple of years, we want to be better prepared for that in the future. I'm I'm a conservative. Tony, if this bill would have created a federal vaccination database, I would have voted against it. But it doesn't do that. And and, and the, some of the misrepresentation of the bill is just it's false. And the, if, and, and I've taken even after you know, after I voted for it, after listening to Dr. Bouchon again, who it's his bill, he explained to me why it was important as a doctor, what it what it doesn't do, what it does do. And, and I and I thought it was a, a worthy, a worthy uh a bill to vote for. I went back and reread it a second time, and I'm even more convinced after rereading it that this is a worthy cause to support these state um, efforts like MyVax Indiana at the state level and, and the protections that are in the bill that didn't exist before that make it that may, that, that prevent uh, anyone in government from access, accessing a vaccine database. That's really important to me as well. We will get into more of these conversations, but I I appreciate you taking the time today and breaking that one down. Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District. You can follow him on uh, the the Twitter box, and you you should do that. Rep Jim Banks, B-A-N-K-S. Sir, always a pleasure. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz.